if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today on Horse Chats, I'd like to welcome back Jim Masterson, who uh, we've chatted before about the Masterson Method. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the Masterson Method, but if you'd like to know a little bit more about Jim, it's probably a good idea to go back and listen to episode 671. Have a good listen to the actual person and the story behind the Masterson Method. But today we're going to talk a little bit more just about encouraging humans to listen to horses and follow their responses to help them release tension. But before we do that, I'd like to remind you that International Horse College has got the values of horse welfare and safety, and they're of utmost importance when humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers in all our courses. Have a look at internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. So sort of going along those lines of horse welfare and safety and being of utmost importance, I'd like to welcome you back, Jim. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, Jim, really happy to talk to you because I know the Masterson Method, it's just, you know, we talk about humans listening to the horses. So you talk about humans and needing to soften themselves, but just explain to us a little bit more what you mean by that, you know, and if it's mentally and physically, yeah, just go into a bit more depth of information. Well, yeah, okay. So um, it's interesting when I started experimenting with this that I wasn't, I wasn't trained to do any type of massage therapy or anything on horses. So um, what I noticed, and I think we talked about this a, a little bit more before, was that I would see really subtle changes in the horse's behavior when I, when I was grooming show jumpers. But when I, I would watch other therapists, massage therapists working on horses, and I would see little subtle changes in their behavior when they were working on them, when they were doing barely touching them sometimes. And so... I started experimenting with it and it really it was an eye-opener for me to see how the horse could feel like almost nothing uh you know almost not even barely touching almost not even touching their their skin or their hair they could feel it and and, and i could tell they could feel it because as i would run my finger very lightly down the top of their body i would see the eye blink every once in a while so the level of softness that they respond to like it was really an eye-opener for me um and that's what the whole type of bodywork that I do is based on. It's based on staying underneath the horse's natural uh, survival bracing response because that's how they survive, by guarding against uh, pain and tension that they've got in their body. Um, they've just got to block it out and keep going. So if you can stay underneath that natural bracing response, you can get their that part of their nervous system to start releasing tension, the parasympathetic, to start letting go of tension without you don't have to actually do anything with a lot of these techniques. So... The hard part is for humans to learn and trust that that level of softness works because we just don't, you know, we, we might be convinced of it and then see that it works and then we do it. And, oh, wow, it works. But then we go back to our normal level of softness, which isn't, to be honest, very soft for humans. 
because our, our, we're always analyzing, our brain's always involved. So there's always certain amount of activity to what we're doing with the horse that they pick up on. Okay, so this tension and softening in ourselves, it really affects mm. the horse then. Yeah, if you have an agenda when you're doing this type of work on the horse, the horse will pick up on your agenda and they'll internally brace against it. So there's a mental softening, which isn't always that easy to do, you know, for humans, because our brains are working all the time. That's how we survive. And so um, that's always going on. We we can learn it's easier to physically soften than to mentally soften for us. But we talked a little bit about this before, The but I can talk about it a little more. Um, just the process of doing the techniques that we do on the horse with this type of body work, because you're, tuned, you're paying really close attention to feedback from the horse to changes in behavior, very subtle changes of behavior or very big changes of behavior. But, you know, the eye, eyelid twitching or blinking or lip twitching, you're paying attention to really subtle um, changes in behavior. I call them responses. So pretty soon you're, you tune out, your brain tunes out because you're watching the horse. And so you stop thinking about it. And you pretty you learn to be soft just by doing the techniques. You learn to physically and, well, you learn to mentally soften just by doing the techniques. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's pretty self-explanatory once you, once you try it with the horse. Sounds like good human training as well. Oh, it is, yeah. I mean, people that were showing how to do this, they... First, they can't believe that the horse is responding to almost no pressure, to no pressure, literally. And, uh, and then once they get into it and they start paying attention, watching the horse's responses, they're, they're, the, that kind of chatter in our head starts to quiet down. And so then we are mentally softening. And then the horse picks up on that. And you learn how to read what, what the horse is telling you, you know, through its responses. But then the, the next dimension is the horse. When the horse gets that you get what it's uh, telling you with its body, it really opens up and the horse gets it when you respond to what they're telling you. Usually it's by softening. Sometimes it's by adding more pressure, but it's usually by taking the pressure completely off when they give you the response. So it's pretty neat interaction. So you, you talk about listening to the horse. Is that listening to the horse, the response, or how do you listen to the horse? They're listening to, by, by observing its physical um, changes in behavior, like the blinking or the change in breathing or shifting weight from leg to leg. Or the opposite, if the horse all of a sudden tenses and, and slightly tenses and its eyes widen a little bit and you soften when that happens, um, the horse gets that you because you just responded to its feedback. So the horse gets it. And it and I don't think they they analyze get it. You know, they don't they're not analyzing it. They just see the connection. Oh, they they started to their eyes got a little wider because they're you found something that's a little uncomfortable and you softened and then they they soften. So it kind of all happens automatically, but it's that feedback that you're getting from the horse. And then the horse gets the feedback back when you soften, if they brace. These outward responses, such as, you know, the eyes widening, the blinking mm -hmm. and everything else that we should expect. These mm -hmm. responses, how do they correlate then to what's happening within the horse's body or in the horse's body? Well, I think, and I just, you know, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know, but I'm just going by what I'm observing in the horse. But, um, when you, there are other techniques we use that ask for movement in the horse, like going down the, the vertebrae of the neck and gently wiggling our way down. And as you go down, you ask for a little movement, you soften your hands, you move your hand down the neck a little more, you ask for a little movement, you soften. If you hit a spot where the horse has tension in, a, in, a, in the connective tissue around a joint, for example, or in a muscle under your hand, and you ask for movement there and if there's tension there and discomfort, the horse will, will tense. It's, its neck and its head will brace a little bit. And when you soften your hands on the nose and on the neck, when that happens, 
the horse relaxes some of that tension and all of a sudden you can go through that spot. And, and then if you're, if the, the horse gives you, might give you uh, more, what I call release responses, as the horse releases that tension, it'll sometimes look and chew, it'll drop its head, it'll sometimes uh, snort and sneeze or start yawning. So those are kind of um, cues that the horse has just released tension. But then you also have the physical uh, movement that you, now that spot isn't hard anymore, you can go through it. And then the next time you go down the horse's neck, there's nothing there. There's no tension in that spot where it just braced, you softened it, released. So that it's all part of the process. Those are almost like palpable responses. When they brace, you soften, they release tension, you move through it. So that's that's the process of releasing the horse. That's the process we use to help the horse release tension in its body. But it needs help to release it because it it holds on to it. It does. It doesn't really have any option. You know, it does, can't go to the chiropractor when it gets a knot somewhere. It just has to cover it up and keep going. So it needs that input from us to to help it release the tension. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available. And the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Okay, so is that the search response stay release, the SRSR yeah, um, SRSR. technique? Is that what that's what that, that one is that you just explained? Yeah, well, that's, okay. the, that's the process. So okay. the, there's that, that first technique that we're the easiest technique we use, and the one you can just go on our YouTube channel and learn how to do is called the bladder meridian technique, where we run our fingers very lightly down the top line of the horse, watching the horse's eye for a blink. So you're running your hand down, you're searching. And then when you get a response like a blink, that's the response. And then when you get that response, you stay there and do nothing. You don't put pressure on it. You don't rub it. You just wait for the horse's nervous system to start to release that tension. And then you get the release. So that's the process of search, response, stay, release, using the really light um, technique, the light touch techniques. Um, the search response stay release, it also comes into play a little bit with the movement techniques, but you're, you're more feeling for the tension. So as I said, you're, you're, you're asking, um, you're going down the neck and you have your hand on the nose and you put your hand up uh, at the top of the neck and you just rest your fingers lightly there. You're just focusing, that's where you want the movement and you gently wiggle the horse, horse's nose side to side so that you get relaxed movement in that spot under your finger. And then you soften, and then you move your hand down the neck a little further, and you bring the horse's head around a little bit more, so you're bending at that point, and you're wiggling there. And when you hit a spot where there's tension, like I said before, the horse braces. The horse will brace, tense to guard against it. Well, that's a response too, but it's a it's a it's a palpable response. It's not a visible response. And when that happens, you don't stay. You actually soften, and then the horse releases, and you move on. So it's in a and in a sense, that's search response stay release, but it's not, it's not exactly like the light touch one. Okay, so I'm just wondering then, if, you know, how long it takes then 
for a horse to let go of the tension in a particular area? Is it just like momentarily or do they take a little longer? Is it different between horses? It's different between horses, but let's say the first one where you're doing the, the bladder meridian line and you're not putting any pressure on the horse and you're slowly going down and you get a blink and so you just stay there and do nothing. If you're not sure, you know horses blink all the time. If you're not sure he just blinked, you just go back up a few inches and slowly go over that again. And if he blinks at the exact same place, then there's a correlation between what you're doing and the horse is doing. That's a response. So, and you, so you stay there. Now, some horses will start to release and within like 10 seconds. They'll drop their head and start to lick and chew, for example. Other horses that are more stoic and more guarded, they'll just stand there and try to, they'll try to block it out. But if you stay light enough, long enough, they've got to release. It's like, it's like a state law, you know, they got to release it if you stay light enough, long enough. So some horses, it might take a minute. And so you just wait. Now, if nothing happens, you just move on. Often the horse, after you move on and you go farther down, say you're down around the withers, the horse will start releasing what you found up above. So some horses, it'll take longer. Some, it'll, they're, it's just their body types and their nervous systems. For example, thoroughbreds, you know, they're very sensitive. They release much more quickly than than a draft horse or, you know, a, a cob or something, uh, for example, and or a quarter horse here in the States. They're very stocky. They're very tough. Um, and you have um, stock horses there that have, well, they're probably a little bit of both, quarter horse and thoroughbred. But uh, thoroughbred might really be much more sensitive and release more quickly than, say, a, a cob or, or a quarter horse. And also, depending when you're doing movement techniques, it depends how kind of embedded the tension is if it's been there a long time or if it's an old injury and you're moving down you might you have to peel off the layers it might not just let go and then it's good it's like you peeled off a layer then you go back over it and you, you'll peel off another layer so. say if you notice the horse has got some restriction you know in their right neck or wherever do you start working there or do you start working above it like where where would you start yeah. working how would you start working with that yeah, so let's say for example you're going down the neck on the right side and you have your hand on the nose and you're wiggling your way down your the neck with your hand you're going very slow and you have to soften each time you wiggle you have to soften that's a it's that's a part that you know when you're first learning this you have trouble with doing is completely softening and taking the pressure off the nose but as you go down and you um uh, and you find, and immediately say you find tension. Like when you first put your hand up there to put to do it. Let's say you don't even get your hand up by the pole, and the horse pulls his head away. You know, head shy horses, 95 percent of the time, it's because of discomfort and tension in the pole. It's not a trained thing. So let's say you put your hand up there to do it, and the horse pulls his head away. Well, he's telling you right away. That's pretty clear that he's unhappy with that. So he's probably uncomfortable there. So you go to the other side. You don't. When you find, if you hit a place that's really uncomfortable for the horse, you don't start there. You start somewhere else. And the best place to start is the opposite side and do it, do it, work on the other side. Then when you go back to the side where you initially found the tension, it's usually released some of it already. So you, one of the principles of this method is you don't go where it's most difficult for the horse. You don't go right to the problem. You loosen up everywhere else around it first, and then you go to where the problem was because you usually released half of the problem by by that, by doing it that way, before you even go to where the problem is. Okay, I suppose you're building up some trust there with the horse just to say, well, this is not going to affect you. Yeah, it's trust, yeah. And, and the nervous system starts to let go out of that sympathetic into the parasympathetic too. So in a sense, that's trust. You know, the nervous system, that's a result of the trust probably, is that the nervous system isn't guarding it as much by the time you get to the difficult part. Anyone can do this, this technique? Like, say if someone's going to do the bladder meridian, can, you know? Oh, yeah. 
Anybody, anybody. Well, the biomarine is probably the most simple and easiest, but it's also one of the most powerful techniques that we do. I get emails all the time from people that went on, you know, the, saw it on a YouTube uh, video where I demonstrate how to do it or on our website. I think we have a, a, a bladder meridian video that you can watch. Um, and they'll just do it off of watching it off the internet and they just email with, they they didn't know their horse was holding so much tension. And, and all of a sudden this horse laid down and it hadn't laid down in forever, for example, or it just it just let go, you know. Some horses are just really tense, and you think they're just high strung, you know. But usually, an owner knows when there's something going on with their horse, and and then after doing that bladder meridian, the horse's nose is down in the dirt, and they're yawning, and they're, you know. Anyways, that might, the that's the long answer to yes, anybody can do this, especially if they start with that technique. And look, I know that you work in a lot of different countries, but. How many countries are you working in? How many countries have you got students in? We have, I think, 300 and something certified practitioners that have gone through a year-long course of training with us, that, you know, sometimes longer than a year. And, and um, a lot of it's remote training, but a lot of it is hands-on. Um, so, uh, but I, I wouldn't know how to measure how many, how many other people are doing this. But, you know, I think that our Beyond Horse Massage book, we've sold you know, through our, I ask our publisher every once in a while, it's been on the market for over 12 years, I think. And we've sold probably 40,000 copies. So I'm hoping there's at least 40,000 people out there that have done the bladder reading and, and much more. <laughs> and that book, the the book too, you know, like the master. Yeah, Beyond Horse Massage. Yeah, yeah, you've got uh, Beyond Horse Massage. People can get that from your website and that'll yeah. be the Masterson Method. Masterson Method. We I, we have a book, a distributor in Australia, in um, in in Melbourne. You know, so it's shipped from Australia. It's hard. You know, it takes a long time to ship from here. And I think if you go on our website, and I'll go on it right now to see. Oh well, <laughs> I'm I'm here now. It's themastersonmethods.com, and then I went um, shop. So it's slash shop. But you've got quite a few. You know, you've got your books and DVDs and. Yeah, there's a there's a link there for um, Australia and New Zealand, I think, and so you can get the book from Australia. You can get it on Amazon if you want to. I mean, I just want people to get it. You know? Yes, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Just to do it, you know. Yeah. My goal is for every horse in the world to have the bladder meridian done on it at least once. Yes, yeah. Jim, what do you think your favourite story is? Or you know, just tell us, tell us a, a look a case study, just um, well, of a horse. Yeah. Oh, let me think. And, and, and you asked this last time, and, and you know, I've, I've been doing this a long time, and I've worked on tons of horses, and now I, I, and then I was teaching it for a long time, and now I have instructors teaching it, but um, so I don't get my hands on as many horses. But when I was working on show jumpers in the states, I did that for nine years, and and probably six or seven hundred horses a year following the show circuit here. And I mean, there were so many those horses; they work hard. Well, any horse that competes works hard and um i don't know there's just so many that i worked on that were kind of inspiring because they responded so well to the work and i could tell that they were they were sore but you know horses just keep going they do their job you know and they actually like a job they like the routine so it's not that i felt sorry for them except the really bad cases but um i got to work on horses that were owned and showed by a lot of what you would say is our famous people, but I didn't know them. I, you know, my partner and I were just back in the barn. Work. The trainer would give us a list of horses every day. We would go down the, down the uh, aisle and work on them. But um, I don't know. 
like I'm not supposed to, like, I don't, I don't, well, McLean Ward, you know, we worked on his horses. He was a client. He's a, he's a, a jumper, a hunter jumper guy here. Um, and she was an amazing horse. And, um, but she was very tough to work on. She just was really stoic. Like her attitude was, you know, don't mess with me. I got, I know my job. I don't need this. You know, she's one of those, one of those people that says, no, I don't need this, you know, but, um, they, they, it helped or they wouldn't have us working on them. You know, a lot of the horses we worked on the show horses, we worked on them every week if, during the show, show season. And, um, because they, uh, they're like human athletes. They, they get tense, they get tightened up and that professional human athlete at the end of a really big game or training, they don't just send them home. They put them in the, the spa, they get the, tra- the massage guy working on them, you know, because it works. That's, you know, it's important to their performance. If people like to contact you, the best place is through your website, is it? Mastersandmethod.com. Yep. That's probably the best way for people to contact you. Yep. Mastersandmethod.com if you want to learn more. And um, we have YouTube. I think I have probably 20 or 30 short video clips on YouTube on different, you know, doing different things and different topics. And um, I just want to make it accessible. And, and I have a lot of stuff out there that you can just go try because I want people to try it, and if it works for them, then they'll come back and learn more. And if it doesn't work for them, then then they haven't wasted any money on anything. I mean, there's so many things out there that you know that are that you can buy that are that help with your horses. And I think if you can try them first and go through that process of you know testing them, then you wouldn't have to spend so much money on your horses. Yeah, you know, we already spend enough money on our horses. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Look, Jim, really enjoy the chat. Um, I am looking forward. I think we're sort of going to chat a little bit more about um, we've sort of got another, something else that we're going to chat about. And I think if you haven't heard Jim before, go back, listen to a previous episode, listen to this one. You know, if you're not sure on the number that we gave you earlier, just go to horsechats.com and search for Masterson or Masterson Method and you'll find that. And meanwhile, you can um, or go to mastersonmethod.com to um, find out a little bit more about Jim and about the Masterson Method. And um, remember that the person who's really going to benefit the most from this is going to be your horse. So, you know, for the sake of your horse, go and uh, have a look on the page and find out a little bit more and uh, watch some of the videos from the page. Okay, so thanks, Jim. We will catch up with you soon. You're welcome. Yeah, I look forward to talking to you again. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 